Hey guys, it's Jamie Butcher, and this is Use Your Words. This is a podcast. It's Bible Basics for Parents, because we all know that kids ask really complicated questions. So, how do we say simply what we believe? Well, we're here to help you find words of faith for your kids. Today we're going to talk about the Bible in general, and I'm here with my colleague, Chris Holmes. He is the Reverend Dr. Chris Holmes, and he's the John H. Stimbler Scholar for Biblical and Theological Education at First Presbyterian Church, where we are colleagues. Chris, the Bible is a book of stories. That's our starting point. So, let me ask you, are you a good storyteller? So I wish so much that I could say yes to this, but if I'm honest, probably not. I'm probably maybe one step above series bedtime stories. Maybe one step below if you ask my kids. Uh, But I guess I am okay at sharing stories related to my own life, like the numerous times I went to the ER as a kid or that time I swallowed a pushpin in late elementary school. But that's that's a topic for another day. I'm sure I'm not the best at telling entertaining or even fictional stories. You know, the type you hear sitting around a campfire or a dinner table. What about you? Oh, that is my jam. Let me tell you. Uh, I was, went to the summer camp growing up and I was the Queen Jack Tell storyteller. The Queen Jack Tell. The Queen Jack Tell storyteller. So what is that? If you're not from the Southern Appalachians, you may not know. But the Jack Tell is uh, all about a folk hero. He's a trickster figure. And this guy's always going to get the best of the king by using only his wits. So Jack is a lot of fun to tell stories about. And it's the most fun when you're sitting around a campfire or when you're in the bunkhouse with kids. And you can make the story really, really long so the kids will go straight to sleep. So I love a good story and I love that the Bible hasn't always been a book. And that's not something we talk about a lot in churches, but the Bible started as stories. So stories told in the round and around the campfire. Yeah, that's right. So most of the narratives in the Bible, if we think about like the book of Genesis or Exodus in the Old Testament or the Gospels and Acts in the New Testament, started out as stories that were passed on from one generation to another. When I talk about the Gospels, I often liken the process of sitting around the table at Thanksgiving and the conversation sometimes goes to a favorite relative who is no longer living. I imagine these conversations as, hey, do you remember that time grandma tried to fry the turkey and she almost blew up the house? And then people add bits Mm -hmm. and pieces to the story about that experience. Or do you remember that time Uncle Harry refused to eat the green bean casserole because it didn't have bacon in it? Now, these may seem like very ordinary examples, but I often think that this is how people preserve the stories that we find in the Bible. People shared memories. New events or circumstances provided them with opportunities to apply or even reinterpret those memories. Eventually, those memories and stories are collected and written down, but the process of remembering and talking about them didn't end when they were written. For a while, both this oral tradition, this storytelling tradition, and the written tradition are in existence together. Eventually, we get the Bible sort of as we know it, as a text, as a collection of these stories, first on plant-based papyrus or animal skins and eventually on paper. And so with the advent of the printing press, now the Bible is able to be mass-produced in a number of different languages 
And today, chances are many of us experience the Bible digitally on our smartphones, computers, or tablets. But the first Bible is a story or a library of stories. Why do you think it's so important for parents to realize this when they think about the Bible? Yeah, so parents, we want you to know that the Bible is a story, that the Bible is a book of stories, because we hope that means you will feel more comfortable in telling these Bible stories to your kids. We hope that you're going to be more eager about sharing this good news and less anxious about getting all the details right. Because you know, if you are a storyteller, or even if you're a listener, that in a story, it's really not about the details. There are main points, certain things you get right every time, and then some of the circumstances can change. So when I'm telling a Jack tale, I know that Jack is gonna be down on his luck, and I know that through his wits, he's gonna best the king. Yeah. But whether he's doing that through clearing the new ground and killing the giants, or he's out on a boat and winning races, those parts can change. But the heart of the story, what really matters, doesn't change. So what we wanna say to the parents is, don't sweat the small stuff. Just tell the story, tell the good news. Because Chris, you and I both know after years and years of education on the Bible, that there is tons, tons of information in the Bible. And it's just too much to feel that you are gonna be confident in sharing every detail and answering every crazy question that a kid comes up with. So when you're talking to your kid, and parents, this is for you, feel free to cut back on specifics and just choose which details of the story you want to share. So there's a man named Jerome Berryman, and he is a real guru when it comes to talking to your kids about the Bible. He is the founder of this curriculum and style of education called Godly Play that is a wonderful way to share the stories with kids. So when he was putting together the story that he would tell the kids about the Ten Commandments, he decided to skip the incident on the golden calf. Mm -hmm. Now, you remember the golden calf is when the Israelites uh, forsake Moses, who's up on the mountain talking to God, and they decide he's taking too long, yeah. and they turn away. They get a away. little impatient. They got impatient. They actually collect jewelry from each other, yeah. and they make a golden calf, and they start worshiping that idol as God. Yeah. So when Moses gets that back down the mountain, you can imagine uh, there's some anger and the people get back on track. That's the good news of that story. Yeah, yeah. But I'll say Jerome Berryman decided that he did not need to include that piece of the Exodus story when he was teaching the kids about the Ten Commandments yeah. because he wanted to get to the heart of the matter. He wanted them to know that when God gave these Ten Commandments, he was telling the people the best ways to live. The best ways to live in relationship to God and the best ways to live in relationship to other people. Yeah. So he called it the 10 best way to live. And so that's what we want you to know, parents, that when you pull out the Bible and you flip to a page and you're looking in your kid's storybook, you can use your own words to describe what is happening there. Don't worry about reading it verse for verse or getting all the details, the small stuff right. You have what you need to tell the story. The heart of the matter is what is meaningful to you. 
and your kids are going to love to hear that. That's right. I think that's, I think that's absolutely right. And I, I want to at, at least admit to people that this idea of being selective when we talk about the Bible or selecting which details to emphasize or even which stories to emphasize, I think that can make some people nervous. But I think we can be encouraged by recognizing that this is exactly how the early Christians used their own Bible. So whether we're thinking about the Apostle Paul and how he used the Old Testament in his letters, or even later Christian interpreters like Augustine, how he used the whole Bible, they were very selective. They focused on what they needed to tell the story or explain the story or address some question or problem. But I would also say this, the Bible has some rough edges. Not every Bible story is P, PG or even G. I mean, some of these Bible stories should never be made into Disney movies. They're just That's not so true. They're just not good. Yeah. So telling the story of the rape of, of Tamar to your seven-year-old daughter is not helpful or necessary. It can be, it can be damaging and, 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 and problematic. So we give you permission to jump over a text you think is too tough for your child. Our children's Bibles already do this. You won't find the story of Cain and Abel or the slaughter of innocent children in Exodus or other incidents of violence. Lots of kids' Bible stories focus a lot of attention on Noah's Ark. Why not? There's a lot of cute and cuddly animals and a big boat. Kids love this stuff. Chris, that, like every pediatrician's office I've been in has a mural of Moe's, Noah's Ark on the yeah, wall. Yeah, and it's the, what is it, the wallpaper at yeah. the top. Yeah, yes, yeah. for sure. So we they love, love it. it. They love it. Kids love it. This big boat, these animals. But if we're honest, there's some stuff about the Noah's Ark story that is problematic or could be scary for kids. Like the fact that all of the earth supposedly dies besides Noah and his animals and his family. And so maybe you don't tell all of those details, but you select some details that are appropriate about how um, God is able to create new things or how God is about saving people from, uh, from problems. Uh, but, but you don't have to select everything. You can choose to tell a story in a way that makes sense for you and for your family. Um, and so I think that the podcast, your idea is to help parents really gain some resources for discerning how to make these sorts of decisions. Definitely. So that's point one. We want you to feel comfortable in telling these stories to your kids. And we think in knowing that they're stories, you might feel more comfortable. Uh, we also want you to know that the Bible is a book of stories so that you'll feel better when you're trying to answer your kids' crazy questions. Because look, we don't have all the answers. Yeah. And even if you've studied the Bible as many time, as many years as Chris and I have, you're not going to have all the answers. But here's the good news. You don't need to have all the answers. Yeah. Yeah. So when kids are able to ask questions and feel heard and feel like you're curious with them, that's all they need in encountering a Bible story. So they're not really asking for a logical answer. What they're doing is exploring their relationship with you and exploring what their relationship with God is gonna be like. Back to Jerome Berryman and Godly yeah, Play, yeah. the way every story ends is with four questions that you pose to the group of kids. And they're the same four questions every time. And what you do is you just wonder with the kids. So you say, I wonder what part of that story you liked best. Mm. And then you say, I wonder 
what was most important part of the story. And then the last two are, I wonder what part of the story was for you. Hmm. Uh, parents will be glad to know that when I told the 10 best way to live, uh, the kids answered, honor your father and mother. <laughs> they, were, they thought that was for them. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, which is really interesting, is I wonder what part of the story you could leave out and it would still be the story. Hmm. Yeah. So when the kids ask you for an answer, you can just say, I don't know, but I wonder, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I, I love the, the, this, what I would call sort of a curious way of reading and thinking about the Bible. And, and if I'm honest, uh, people like me and, uh, and people in the, in the church, we, we sometimes can be overly analytical in how we approach the, the Bible. And I think that that can stunt our confidence in talking to our kids about the Bible because we feel like we've got to go deep, we've got to get the details, we've got to know the history right, we've got to know, we've got to know everything. And that can be very overwhelming. But what I like about this godly play curriculum is that it, it starts with curiosity. It starts with questions. And, and it opens these texts up in a way that doesn't say uh, we have to know everything about them, but it's our engaging these texts. It's our asking these texts questions where we really begin to do some important spiritual work. And, and I think that that's a really important way where we can connect with our kids over the Bible is instead of seeing ourselves as necessarily having to have all of the answers, we can actually be the people that help facilitate and help them ask questions. And so we can entertain. I don't know. I've never thought about that that question. What do you think mm -hmm. is just as important or strong an answer as, you know, trying to fill in the blank with the correct answer. So I love this. I love this idea of of, of going at these texts in a, in a more sort of curious way and leaving the more analytical readings for a different environment where it may be more appropriate um, and more relevant to the questions or the people that you're talking to. Yeah, and I wonder as kids get older, so maybe when they're hitting the teenage years, that's when their questions become uh, a little more focused on getting answers. Yeah. And then in confirmation or with the help of pastors and other support, you can have more detailed answers. Yeah. But especially this curious approach in the beginning, that's what the kids are wanting. They're wanting to enter into this story and to wonder with you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they desperately want, and all of us desperately want to connect with these stories at some level. And, and some of the questions that we're going to be asked, we could never answer. And so, mm -hmm. uh, because we just don't know or we don't know the perspective. And so to engage those questions with our kids, we just have to be curious with them. And, and I think that that's a way for us to, to connect. I don't know where to go now. <laughs> check, yeah. check. Well, you know, Chris, I mean, we've made our main points here about the Bible as a book of stories. Yeah. And we're hoping this feels freeing to you as parents. Yeah. And we hope you take the challenge and just turn to a page and start telling the story, not with your own word or with your own words and not necessarily with the text that's there. But remembering the heart of the matter and not sweating the hard stuff or sweating the small stuff. Because story is powerful. Story is powerful. Stories invite us to make meaning of our world and ultimately our lives. Chris, I'm telling you, being a little Appalachian kid, growing up listening to the Jacktails, something was deep inside of me yeah. that let me know I may not always have the resources that the king had, but that I could use my wits and get the best of a situation. Yeah. 
And for a population, a demographic that's a poverty level and below, that was an important story for me to digest and make meaningful in my life. Mm -hmm. And that's how stories work for children. That's how stories work for adults too. But these stories in the Bible are just that. They're important, they're powerful, they let kids enter into a space where they're gonna make sense of their world. They're gonna hear that there's a best way to live. They're gonna hear that that way takes a lot of hard work and that we may not always get it right, but that it's worth trying. And when they can hear that story in community, when they hear that story from their parents, knowing that they can enter into it with wonder and with questioning, then you know what? Your job is done. Yeah. That's parenting win. Yeah, exactly. I think that's right. I think, I think that keeping all of this in perspective, that the Bible is a bunch of stories, that story matters, stories are transformative, and stories are how we connect with the Bible and the stories found in the Bible. It tells us about our relationship to God and to others, um, and it helps us to say who we are in this world, just like uh, the Jack tales were in your own, your own uh, growing up. We can help people connect, help our children connect with the stories of the Bible and their world. And so I hope uh, that we've, we've loosened some of the anxiety about talking the Bible and are, you're able to start sharing in the world of these stories and the questions that may arise with them. Chris, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again. Let's do it again.